Hey guys, Stephanie Michelle here with the season finale for the second season of Finding the Funny. I am so grateful that you guys listen and that I've got to put out 50 of these amazing conversations that I have a blast being a part of, and I just hope you enjoy listening to them half as much. This episode was definitely a lot of fun. I got to record with Scott Wood and ask him questions over things that he's learned over the many years he's been doing comedy. So without further ado, here's me and Scott talking jokes. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome to the stage, Mr. Punchline, Scott Wood! And of course the car right as I hit the record button drives by me with like blaring orangey. That's normal. All right. Of course. It's, you know what? It's, I'm not running anything super professional and I'm aware of that. Um, (laughs) So we'll go ahead and go. All right. I'm Stephanie Michelle. I'm here with Scott Wood and this is another episode of Finding the Funny. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you, Stephanie? I'm doing so good. I um, am so excited to finally get you on here. I'm glad someone's excited. My family, they're not excited. Oh, they're not excited? No, no. My wife makes me wear my mask indoors. That's how bad it is. Oh. She, I know I'm ugly. I look like the left child of John L. May and Gary Busey. Look at this. Hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> well, With everyone wearing a mask, it's never been a better time for ugly people. I I love it. It's Except it, it does mess you up when you're single and you are dating. Because you don't know what you're walking into anymore. You're like, Steph, those are lovely glasses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it hides all the bad breath. I know it's like, you know, covering us up. And when they see us for real, they're like, you know what, maybe can you put the mask back on? Yeah. That would be exciting. <laughs> In fact, my results just came back positive. I was being tested for ugly. Oh, there you go. So there you go. But <laughs> nice, nice to be on. Uh, I mean, this is the story of our life as comics, right? I mean, Zoom. I'm big on Zoom. Right? It's it's. I feel like our lives have definitely turned into a very digital world and i'm not used to it still i yeah same here very few live shows i mean it's just social media platform looking into a camera and hoping people are laughing right that's what it's become so i know we kind of were talking about it before you were saying you've done a couple shows in person that are either in somebody's backyard rooftops are very spaced out inside how are you comparing these shows to our shows before well, they're definitely different, you know, especially the crowds aren't as big. And if they are, they're really super spaced out. People keeping with, with their own. And uh, again, social distancing, the masks, um, you know, so it is very different. There's not a lot of, you know, that camaraderie. Sometimes there is. When it's really spaced out and people aren't wearing the mask, that's great, too. And, you know, I just jump on, take my mask off, do my 45-minute show the mask back on grab the check and get out (laughs) you know but those are so few and far between i mean when covid hit in march i had you know like you and so many comic friends i mean i just had so many nice big gigs you know theater gigs and stuff and comedy clubs and and different um you know things that we were doing you know like you and all my comic friends big little and small from you me to brian regan seinfeld yeah gaffigan everything just shut down and uh, you know like, who knew? I mean, your cough is a weapon. Welcome to COVID comedy where we aim to sneeze. Yeah. I'll tell you that. So much. No, it's definitely, it was a lot of, it was a big change and very, very fast. Yes, very fast. And just, we didn't know what we were going to do. 
but you know we're slowly coming back and the vaccine is out there and hopefully the live shows will be coming back and i love this time of year the looters are in full bloom smell of tear gas in the air very exciting of course yeah we're very near the fire and smoke my wife is cooking oh (laughs) these are the jokes people my wife she uses the smoke alarm as a timer very excited about that so where there's smoke there's dinner that's the slogan at my house um yeah so just hunkering down with with the wife and and kid and um hardly going out at all uh you know and the news is still crazy a bunch of looters broke into a tj maxx and reorganized oh there you go i don't know if you saw that no. <laughs> These are the jokes, people. I can slow the jokes down for anyone watching from Barstow. <laughs> I don't know if uh, the gateway to Victorville. Well, anyway, so same with you, right? Same with you. Hardly, hardly a show in, in the Zoom platform, in Streamyard, and um, yeah, I'm actually heading to a backyard show right now. Um, right. Just because I was like, I miss being on stage. I've only done a couple of Zoom shows and stuff, and there interesting to say the least <laughs> yeah yeah they are a lot of them have been great though because they've been with a lot of big companies yeah and you know so we can see all their faces we leave some of the mics on you can hear some laughing but i know a lot of comedians that don't do it they kind of got thrown see i'm a one-liner so i can just do a joke and pause do a quick joke and pause and um but so many comics are thrown off they don't hear the laughter they don't know to focus where the camera is what do i do so I know, you know, a lot of comics who don't do it, but I mean, yeah. And then the live shows, like you said, you're just dying to get back on stage. Mm-hmm. So how long have you been doing comedy? About 10 minutes now. How long have ten? we been on? About 10 minutes. We're, we're um, five. Or, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe five. Uh, I've been doing comedy. We just, we just hit the 30 year. I did the 30 year full time mark. I started in the mid eighties and then by 89, it went full time. And so this is actually my 31st year doing stand-up and traveling all over the U.S. and abroad and, you know, done everything from a little t- TV, radio, concerts, theaters, comedy clubs, cruise ships, corporate churches, you know, the list goes on and on in 30 years. You know, ask any veteran that's 25 years and more. They've, we've done every crowd, bar mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs, <laughs> forget about it. I've done quinceaneras. It was crazy. Have jokes, we'll travel. There you go. How so? Why comedy? What got you into comedy in the first place? Uh, being funny as a kid, you know. When I was, uh, you know, I'm I'm one of those comics that came from that bad background. The parents were divorced. There was drinking, uh, different things, and so I used humor uh, as a way to combat those things. And so when I was in the fourth grade, doing jokes, doing voice impressions, cutting up, you know, I said, "This is what I want to do," because you know. You know how it feels, definitely. When, when people laugh at you, and you go, "Oh, that that I felt really good," and I feel like I just want to do this more. You know, write some more jokes, make people laugh, and and watching all the comedians as a kid, all the greats that have gone on before me. You know, the old time comics, and 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 you know, on the shows, and thinking, "Oh, you you can make a nice living at that." So I said, "That is for me." So fresh, fresh, you know. During the 80s, I was a young man in my 20s and just doing all the open mic nights, you know, the Laugh Factory, the uh, the comedy store, the improv, you wait in line, you, you pull the number, you hope to get on stage, you're going on at 2 in the morning, the couple of drunks in the audience, I mean, we're talking yeah. mid-80s, um, when the boom was really big, um, and you know, it's just been a great, great career, and I've been everywhere, all, all around the U.S. and abroad, and got to do some great shows, open up for big musical artists, 
Oh, that's awesome. Which I know we'll talk about later, but yeah, so it's a fun career, you know, but it's always, it's always the live show, as you know, um, you know, just want to make people laugh in front of them. Absolutely. So where, do you remember where your first mic was? Yeah, that would have been at the comedy store. Oh, really? In the 80s, probably 85 or 1986. Um, you know, I worked a regular job as a, uh, as a custodian and uh, odd jobs too. I was a, a, a bus boy, a cook, but you know, and that's right out here in the Inland Empire. And then I would drive almost an hour, you know, it, after I get off, got off work about, you know, uh, four or five o'clock and just drive all the way out there and get in line mm-hmm. um, and wait for the evening. And then they only pick so many numbers or they have open mic night on a Tuesday. So it was the regular job by day, stand up comedy by night, hoping to, uh, you know, get your little eight by ten, your resume, your business card, find an agent. You know, hope people think you're funny. You know how you start off with a couple of minutes, and then ten minutes becomes twenty, and then you're doing thirty, and you're a middler, and the next thing you know, you're, you know, hoping to be headline status. And so it's just being funny and, and writing constantly. I tell comics, you got to write all the time. Write, 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 and then get on stage wherever it is, and just you know, is this funny? Jerry Seinfeld, is this funny? Who are these people? I have no idea. <laughs> so, okay, how? what is your writing process then, since you brought up the writing? Well, it's a pen and a paper. Back to you, Steph. Well, um, yeah, I'm old school, yellow, yellow notepad or white notepad, and then I might transfer it over onto my computer or into my phone with my notes. But always writing. I try to write three to five new jokes every day. And social media helps, you know, every now and then, if, you know, to get feedback. I tell comics to post, post a joke on social media, see what kind of uh, laugh it gets. And whenever you have a live show, work that new material in. So many comics, you know, they're doing the same thing, excuse me, for so many years. But, you know, if you've got that, a good friend of mine, he would write the material. But then when we did shows on stage, he was afraid to, uh, he stuck with what worked. And then he was afraid to try those new bits. But, you know, if you're starting out in comedy, you've got to write out of form you got to get in front of people and do every show that's out there and um can you imagine steph i mean i know you've been doing it for a few years but i've been doing it for 30 years can you imagine within the last year somebody goes oh i've I've done a couple of shows i want to be a comedian and then boom covid hits and there's nothing no clubs no live shows you're stuck at home for a year and you go i was just starting to do a show yeah at the end of 2019 you're so excited for 2020 and then stuck on zoom <laughs> well it's been interesting is because i've still been looking at like there's all like the comedy facebook groups and there's still people that are posting up i think i want to get into comedy now and i'm like this is the worst time to get into comedy now um because it's like you can't even practice in front of anybody ever <laughs> Yeah, and if you do get on a Zoom show and you just see those, or, or a Facebook Live thing where you see the little thumbs going by or the little laughing hello faces, mm-hmm. it's not the same as seeing the live audience, the live laughter, yeah. that, that you know quick response when you're at a club or you're at a corporate or a party like you're going to where there's mm-hmm. real bodies in the seats. It's like I said, a lot of comics they don't. A lot of my friends told me you know they don't they don't do the Zoom. They tried it and it throws off their timing or they don't feel comfortable. You know, where do I look? I mean, you know. Yeah. But it's like any show. I tell them, look into the camera straight ahead, and then every now and then look around a little bit, or I look at you here, and then I see you there. I go, just pretend like it's a movie camera or a TV camera. I mean, 
you just have to learn how to do that. You know, it's a it's a different world right now. Definitely. Well, you did bring up that you've been in other in other areas of entertainment, so TV and radio. Can you explain some of those things that you've done? Oh, yeah. I mean, starting back doing the stand-up comedy, and I got to do a lot of different radio shows. I mean, I go all the way back when I was doing voices for uh, Rick Dees. Oh, wow. Uh, on Kiss FM. Yeah, Rick Dees in the morning. So I was one of his regular voice guys, and then stuff on... Um, on KLOS and and different KYMS and you know way back there mid eighties, uh, early nineties, a um, couple of little small commercials here and there. But you know doing the voice impressions, got to do some cartoon stuff. And um, later on in life, you know it's funny. I was doing this big show. It's a corporate show, and I, I was mocking Disneyland and Mickey Mouse. Everyone was laughing. They're just you know fun jokes. But the guy comes up to me afterwards and he goes. Uh, He's just pulling my leg. He goes, I don't really appreciate all those jokes you were saying about Mickey and Disney. And I go, oh, well, I hope you weren't offended. And he starts to laugh, Steph. And he goes, I'm just kidding. He goes, I work for Disney. I'm one of the voice, one of the voice casting guys for Disney. Oh, wow. You know? and, and he thought it, he, he loved my Mickey and my Goofy and the different things I was doing, plus the jokes I was doing. But he said, man, so why don't you come in? Here's my card. And we'd love to have you record some voices. And then from that, you know, um, one of the big things I did was after the Cars movies with George Carlin was Fillmore, uh-huh. which was the old Volkswagen bus. Well, he didn't want to do the uh, commercials, and he didn't want to do the, um, the the games that you can buy on on the uh, for the Wii and uh, uh, some of the other games, Nintendo and different things like that. So because I did a George Carlin impression and I did Fillmore, um, I went in, I auditioned, and. And John Lasseter, who did all the Cars movies and all the Pixar's, I mean, he handpicked me. So I got to go in and do a Pepsi commercial. Oh, my gosh. Uh, ran, yeah, and then I was the, um, and then when you buy all the stuff for Nintendo and Wii, and I forget some of the other things, um, but, um, you know, when you hear Fillmore, that's me. So I got a nice chunk of money and a, and a credit there. So the impressions are fun. The cruise ships were always fun. The clubs. How uh, is it going up. after, how is it in? like doing an uh, official impersonation of Carlin because that's just amazing to me. <laughs> well, I know because he's real slow. He's like, hey, man, George Carlin. <laughs> no blue food. Every third light is slower, man. I'm <laughs> Fillmore. So, uh, and of course, wow, sure, Owen Wilson. Oh, my gosh, what a nice little town. I'm Lightning McQueen. And you had Mayor. Hey, this is Mater. Larry the Cable Guy, get her done. That's right, son, get her done. <laughs> My name's Mater. That's like Tom Mater without the tell. Oh my gosh. So, I would do just so that was other stuff I got to do to supplement my income, the voice work, which was really great. Um, and then I'm a cartoonist, so I do a lot of cartooning as well on the side. Oh, wow. So that was already fun. Yeah, so, and I've written for a lot of comics back in the day, you know, contributing writer in the 90s by facts. And facts jokes into Jay Leno, and then I got to meet Don Rivers and do a few jokes for her. But, Oh, but Paul Rodriguez uh, is a friend of mine, but uh, he, he's the one I've written jokes for the most. I mean, dozens and dozens of jokes for, uh, for Paul Rodriguez and some other comics, too. Um, so that's a lot of fun. So I make a living with the comedy writing. So a little bit of everything, you know, just have a lot of mm-hmm. irons on the fire, stand up or voice work, cartooning, comedy writing. Um, you know, and if you have a good act and you got a few bucks, if you come out of this COVID, I tell people like you, you know, get a little, not a cassette paper, like a, a, a CD, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, or a DVD or a book or anything that, you know, has your comedy in it that you can also sell at back table sales sales because there's more money coming in, you know, mm-hmm. or t-shirts um, with some of your funny stuff. So you just, you find that, 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 that comedy base of fans and followers and friends. And after 30 years, um, I'd say it's been, it's been a great ride and, you know, word of mouth keeps me busy, you know, plus a few of the agents that still book me. But if you really want to do something, you got to do it yourself, as you know, put on your own shows. Yeah. Like you're doing here with your shows, you know, you got to get out there and just put it out there. Absolutely. Well, and I, and I was lucky enough to book you for one of my clean shows, which right. one of your, like, tags is the, the clean liner, the clean one-liners and stuff like that. Did you uh-huh. make a choice to go down the clean comedy route, or? Um, yeah, I did did actually you know i wasn't always super dirty and um let me just move this here a little bit i wasn't always uh the christmas tree so lovely that's coming down soon we've had it up since march (laughs) covid covid's not getting us but um yeah i uh uh, I forgot. What, what the heck was the question now i'm getting old Uh, i am getting so old clean comedy clean comedy yeah you know, I never was really dirty, uh, Stephanie. I had a little innuendo, maybe one or two curse words. I was never really dirty. I, I was more of a clean, like Ray Romano, Jay Leno, Brian Regan, mm. uh, Sinbad. Uh, a lot of those comics I really liked, and all the old shows that had like Kim Conway or Carol Burnett, and um, you know, and my favorites, of course, were Henny Youngman and Joan Rivers. She could get a little body. Of course, my favorite is Rodney Dangerfield. Now I go, he can get a little body too. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but for the most part, he really wasn't. I mean, if you listen to, like, a whole album, and I have everything he's ever done, mm. you know, it's a few curse words out of a whole 45-minute to 60-minute act. Mostly, it was that great hook, no respect. Hey, I'll tell you, I get no respect at all. My wife <laughs> wants to make love in the backseat of the car, and she wants me to drive. <laughs> oh, what a crowd. So all the old comics were all my favorites, because I'm in my late 40s. I'm 59. So, um... <laughs> So I've been doing this for a lot of years, you know, so so the Henny Youngmans, the Rodneys and all those guys and Jay Leno and, and uh, you know, and, and those guys that started a long time ago, even before those guys were, were my favorites. And that really got me into being clean, the quick one-liners, dope, dope, yeah. dope, like Rodney and Henny and Joan Rivers, Phyllis Diller, all of my favorites because I just love to, you know, I don't have a lot of time. I'm not getting any younger, so I got to get these jokes in, people. Let's go, move it along. So, so I just kept the, the comedy clean and quick, and that's how the Mr. Punchline came along. And um, like I said, 30 years later, look at me. I'm on Zoom in my bed. There you go. My career, my career is scared next week. I mean, over the summer, I took my family on vacation. We went to the living room. Very exciting. Who knew? <laughs> so where do you get your uh, inspiration when you're writing? From everything, my wife, my son, um, Walmart, driving, the dog, kids. I mean, COVID has been, even though, you know, COVID is a bummer, but I mean, I, I opened my act with like 10 minutes of all the COVID jokes, the looting, the rioting, the masks. Um, so that was a whole plethora of, uh, mm-hmm. of comedy material. Of course, uh, you know, we got a new president coming in, so out with the old and in with the older. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so so Trump was a lot of great material, um, just life in general. I'm kind of like, a, I'm a one-liner, but like Rodney or Seinfeld or whatever, I talk about what's happening today, you know, um, 
uh, topical, um, what do you call it? Uh, gosh, I don't even know what I'm talking about now. <laughs> uh, just regular, you know, jokes that we can all relate to. Okay. Yeah, you know, observational material. That's what I do. Okay. You know, the wife, the wife, the kids, Walmart, the dog, driving, uh, you know, everything. So, you know, when stuff hits me, I write it down right away or I, I you know, pull over and I talk into my phone or what. I have a, a tablet and pen by my bed. I have a, in my car, in my office here, my home office. So there's always um, no excuse not to write. Um, you know, and I've got volumes, Steph, volumes and volumes. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, uh, yeah, 30 years. Like Seinfeld's new book that he just put out is just anything. I mean, it's like this thick. It's all of his, you know, stuff. Not all of it, but a whole lot of it. And, so, and same here. After 30 years, I have just a ton of material. So do you ever plan on putting out a book? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, even my, my life story, you know, coming from the drugs and the alcoholism and broken parents, you know, the divorce when we were kids. and I had a heart attack in 2015 and all kinds of other stuff that has happened to me. I guess there's a book there. I did write, I, um, uh, I did write the comedy writing workbook, which um, I know you'll, you'll bring up because I'll send you the photo of the cover. But yeah, yeah I, I wrote a comedy writing workbook. So there's over 25 different exercises where you can start writing jokes. It's called um, The Fast and the Funny. So it's just a, it's a workbook that you can take with you anywhere. Uh, it fits right in your, your purse or, or with your laptop um, case. Um, and in the back, there's blank pages. That you can just start writing the jokes but yeah there's over 25 different exercises about how you can immediately sit down and just start writing um mm -hmm. like a pro hilarious hilarious stand-up comedy material so again it's not even about stand-up it's about writing and that's the most part you know uh, is, is the writing i think that's a huge thing that a lot of people forget because they're like you're getting on stage and you're saying it but like i was a writer before i started comedy mm -hmm. And so that part came easy to me. The standing on stage part is the part that I struggled with, personally. I, I, so did you ever deal with stage fright doing any of this, or was it always just... Because you always seem so natural and comfortable on stage. Yeah, yeah no, I'm a big ham. I was, I'm always on. I just want to make people laugh. But even as a kid, um, doing jokes, voices, one-liners, whatever, silly sounds... So I always enjoy uh, getting on stage. I can't wait, you know, and, and if I'm away from it for more than a couple of weeks, I'm like, I have got to go somewhere and, and grab a mic because this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, uh, I've never had stage tried. I, I absolutely love what I do. I mean, it's the best job in the world. I mean, we get to make people laugh for a living. Yeah. So, I mean, what the heck? How do you beat that, right? But no, I love it. I love it. It's all I've ever wanted to do. No, definitely. How does your family feel about you doing it? Your like wife and kids? They love it. My wife is my biggest fan. My son is just starting to get my humor. He's a teenager. Yeah. My daughter's my daughter still rolls her eyes, but oh, she's she's okay. But yeah, and you know they're part of the act. You know the wife jokes, my kids, my daughter. Mm -hmm. You know I tell the people I have a daughter who's twenty and my son who's thirteen and a blood pressure that's one eighty over thirty. There you go. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clinically dead. And my son loves dinosaurs, so I let him visit my parents. <laughs> so when they're old. When my dad's ninety five and he still drives, right? He's got a bifocal windshield. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. He hit some mailboxes and he calls me up. I hit some mailboxes. I said, Where's the car? He said, Inside the post office. Oh goodness. Okay, get out of there, Dad. Put an <laughs> R and back out, dude. 
But yeah, I love it. It's been a great career, and hopefully, you know, it'll slowly start coming around again. I don't think there's any clubs. Do you know if any of the improvs or anyone? They're still shut down. I they're think. all still shut down, I think, and I think they got re-shut down because of everything going on got worse, and so I think everything's kind of gotten even more spaced out and even more more things closed again. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, we're in our third wave of purple. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Looks like. And threw up on the map. It was, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm telling you, someone sneezed at Walmart. We all hit the ground like we heard gunshots. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's about the same now, I think. I'm in San yeah, Bernardino, it's, it's, and it's more scared of somebody yeah. coughing. It's getting worse, you know, but, but hopefully we'll get through this with the with the vaccine shot and, and, and comedy in 2021. We were so excited for 2020, and then that went down the dumper. Mm-hmm. I, um... Was gonna ask. So when you started comedy, what did your parents think? Um, they they really enjoyed you. I was estranged from my dad for for like over 20, 25 years, and then we finally got back together, and now we have a good relationship. But they always knew I was funny as a kid. My mom, she really enjoyed it. You know, I used to make her laugh all the time, and I still make my wife laugh every day, which I love to do. And um, yeah, they were very supportive, though. No one ever thought, oh, you know, stand up. I mean, because when, you, when you're passionate about something, you just have to do it. So, like I said, I would work the regular job by day, you know, just to, uh, you know, pay my little bills or whatever I had. And then just, like I said, make the trek out to Hollywood or anywhere else just to say, hey, I'm funny. You should hire me. Or I want to go on or, you know, I want to be a comic. So and so it was just in me. That was that drive. But they always supported me. And, and my mom knew I was, I'm always this way. So my mom thought I needed a shot because she was just bouncing off the walls. <laughs> I need to give you something to calm down. Yeah. Now um, you would have been prescribed something as a, if you were a child now. Sure. They called it was, it, they gave it a, a name later on, ADD, but for us, it was just being a kid, you know, just, hoo, hoo, ha, ha, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, um, most of us comics have problems and yeah. we just take it to the stage, right? We just, it's like therapy. I don't know if it is for you, but it's, Oh, yeah. when, you, when, you can, when you can talk about your life and, and you find the funny in it and then you get it out there and people are laughing, I mean, and the true stories are the best. Like a week ago, I, I go to bed on a Friday night, Steph, and I'm fine. I wake up the next morning and my ankle, my foot, I kid you not, this is a true story. I'm in pain, mm-hmm. pain for 48 hours. Now, you know you're old when you twist your ankle while sleeping. Yeah. That is, that is old. <laughs> Something happened during the night where I wake up and go, what happened to my foot mm-hmm. while I was asleep? But yeah. it's the aches and pains of getting old, you know? Oh, no, definitely. So you, um, so we've talked about your book, that your workbook that you have out there. You also yeah. have another show that you're starting to do. Do you want to explain that for me? Yeah, if you're talking about the cooking show, we're yes. real excited about that. I created a brand new cooking show featuring stand-up comics and it's called something smells funny so it's basically a talk show in a kitchen i come out we formed four episodes already with victoria jackson from saturday night live my buddy bobby collins the very hilarious jimmy brogan from the tonight show and of course mark christopher lawrence who i think you know or maybe i've done some shows yes. with him i've been friends with all these guys for years uh paul rodriguez joey messina medina is signed on oh cool uh, Oh, yeah, a bunch of big-name comics. My agency that does book me from time to time, he handles all the big names plus me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we have four finished episodes already done, complete with music, titles, everything. 
um, half hour episodes and you'll be eating healthy and busting a gut. You know, it's a great show. It's a, it's a, it's a cooking show with comics. I come out, I, we had a small live audience. I do a quick monologue in the kitchen and then just show a, a clip of the comedian, bring out the comedian and we just cook and we talk and we eat and we laugh. And it's so much fun. So right now we're currently in the throes of uh, 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 pitching that to the networks. We've already met with a couple of networks by Zoom. We've got some other stuff, um, you know, on the iron, and we're just trying to see it by by summer next year or before then. We're very hopeful that we can um, take it to network. You know what's great now is there's so many. I mean, when I was a kid, there was like three channels: yeah. ABC, NBC, and CBS. Now you have streaming services you have all the internet you have a million channels oh yeah you know and all, yeah and they all have cooking shows and so hopefully we'll uh you know where it's where comedy and cooking collide it's a little Rachel Ray meets Comedy Central so I'm really excited about that so look for something smells funny uh if you do Facebook you can go to something smells funny on Facebook and and like us Give us the old like there oh absolutely oh, you can follow you can follow me there and follow me on Facebook on Mr. Punchline or on uh, uh, Instagram at King of the Clean One Liners, but I'm sure we'll, we, we, all this is popping up on stage. We're we're uh, we're looking good right now. So yeah. there you go. So follow all those links that Steph puts up, but, and follow me on social media because we really want to. People want to eat healthy. They want to laugh. There's never been a better time for a great show where we can just you know I interview the comedians, and so I mean. It's endless. Look at all the millions of comics, up and comers, plus well-known names that can come on, and we have fun. I interview you, and we and we cook a fun meal, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. So something smells funny. I can't wait. I love I love cooking shows, and I'm I'm all for it. And I I, I know when I when you sent me the pictures, I was like, oh, Mark Christopher. We did a show during COVID. Actually, we yeah. had a show together. Okay. So I saw him recently, and um, super funny. Every, I mean, all everybody you listed is super funny, and so I can't wait to see that when, yeah, when it goes. Yeah, we're real excited, and we're so excited that other big names are coming on, and we have merchandise, we have websites, we've secured everything. We even have a company that will actually cold, cold ship the um, ingredients to you. Oh, so cool. if you want to make the dish while you're watching the episode, uh, you can have that, or we can actually ship a finished product to your home through Uber Eats and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we put up all the, um, on the episodes, you'll see, I know when we laugh and, and we're cooking and I'm helping out the comic make their favorite dish, but we have all the um, ingredients that come right up on the screen so you can join right in. So like I said, if you love to laugh and you love to eat, have I got a show for you. <laughs> I love that you teamed up with the being able to ship the products fresh because that's such the... Yeah pain in the butt when you're trying to like cook with a show like I always find out that there's something that I don't have like in the middle of it and so I love that yeah the important things the oven I need need dishes what do you mean I need an oven (laughs) absolutely all right well you sent me a couple jokes also and I kind of wanted to talk about those so um the first joke is you talking about Palm Springs You know the joke? Yes. <laughs> I was like, Did you do the joke? 
<laughs> no, you don't. I see. Okay. No, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the joke, so they'll hear it. We're listening to the joke. So where did that joke come from? Um, just all the old people in Palm Springs. Uh, you know, uh, it really is like the gay nineties. Uh, but um, and the old people, they love. I did a show at a nursing home. There wasn't a dry seat in the house. <laughs> I'm telling you. Tears streaming down their legs. One guy laughed so hard, Stephanie, he wet his wife's pants. Oh, see, I didn't know that was a thing. It, it is a thing. I'm doing. I'm peeing now. Well, there we but go. But anyway, um, but yeah, Palm Springs. It's like 150 degrees during the summer. Yeah. The old folks love the heat. Grandma is ex exploding in flames in front of me on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. I don't know why the old folks love the uh, love the hot weather there. I don't know. I didn't realize, it was funny, I was stationed at 29 Palms, and so the closest place to go drinking where you're not in 29 Palms is Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. I did not know before that that it had such a large gay community Yes. Um, until we were there, and I found out I was in a gay bar, which wasn't a big, it wasn't a, a big deal. It was just surprising when I'm getting hit on and I go to the bathroom to hide from the person hitting on me, but they're the same gender as me and they can go in the bathroom with me and that was uncomfortable. Yeah. But and other Rodney than that, I thought... Joke. He said, hey, it was in a gay bar. It was incredible. I mean, there were two guys for every guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. The next joke is about that you bought your wife. I've got my wife. Um, she's beautiful. I met her on the internet, believe it or not. A lot of people at uh, Craigslist. Anybody? Craigslist? <laughs> Better than me. Come on, Hammett. Come on, people. Let's go. I'm kidding. I'm kidding about that. It was eBay, actually, to be honest with you. Free shipping. Come on, people. And they take PayPal. Send her. So where did that one come from? I bought her? That you bought her on eBay. Oh, right. right. Well, <laughs> I know I was the highest bidder. Um, yeah, I talk about how we met on the Christian dating site, the Craigslist. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then I say, I'm just kidding, it's eBay, but, um, because you can find, because a friend of mine is on one of those Christian dating sites, and boy, is his wife mad about that. Oh, goodness. He's livid. She's like, who are you talking to? Mm-hmm. But, um, I guess that's <laughs> it now, in COVID, online dating, or hey, baby, nice mask. How do you meet anyone anywhere? But, um, mm -hmm. you know, we met at one of my gigs, actually. She was single, and her friend... Uh, her husband was over in the mid Middle East fighting, and so, you know, so she was waiting for him to come back home, so my wife and her friend, uh, you know, not my wife at the time, of course, but they go, hey, what should we do on a Friday night? And they had saw that I was performing somewhere locally that night, so they came out, we met, we found out we had a lot of mutual friends. We all started going out as, you know, couples, four and six and eight at a time, you know, going out to dinner and stuff like that, just getting to know each other. And uh, it took her some time to come around, but she finally did. <laughs> and uh, next year we'll be married 25 years. So. Congratulations. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. Married for 25. We've been happy for two. Yeah. That's about, that's about right, the math. Yeah, they weren't even in a row. It was 96 and I think 2004 were the two incredible years <laughs> I'm divorced so I'm like yeah that sounds the math is perfect on that one I don't you're, yes you're happily divorced happily divorced okay. <laughs> and the kids are cute and you're adorable you will find there will be a second Mr. <laughs> Michelle there you go yeah no he's gonna take my name this time 
Actually, exactly. There we go. We'll see. Um, and the last one, and you mentioned it actually earlier, was the fact that you had a heart attack. Listen, I, uh, I had a heart attack. I did the right thing, though. I remembered. This was true. I got the tingling in my heart, and I knew I was having one. And they say, chew an aspirin. Chew a couple of aspirins. I remember, because I pretended to a doctor. But anyway, listen. That's what he told me, anyway. But we take our kids. I, there's a certificate. Anyway, listen. So I chewed up. I'm having a heart attack, and I knew it. So I go, just grab some So I chew a couple of aspirin. Right now, look at the bottle. It's my doll. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, they're going to find me in a heat. They go, oh, he died of a heart attack, and he had cramps. That's horrible. <laughs> You really did chew my doll. Yeah, yeah. So I figured they're going to find me dead. They're going to say, oh, he died of a heart attack and he had cramps. So it's horrible. <laughs> but, um, no, but I really did have a heart attack. Yeah, I have some regular aspirin, of course. You see, out of tragedy comes the comedy material. Absolutely. So I have a whole bit about that. and um, But that helped me to eat better and take better care of myself. And I started working out more um, right after that. And uh, so I, I'm, I've got so much more energy. So, you know, try to take care of yourself. I know it's the, the COVID-15. Is that what it was? The 15 pounds? I think we're now we're dating. at the COVID-30 for some. The 30. There you go. Yeah. Which is fine with me because I like uh, my wife's very curvy. I like the big girl. If you ain't 180, you ain't my lady. <laughs> That's, I'm a carnivore. Okay. You go to a big girl's house, there's food there. There you go. So I'm excited about that. That's two snacks, Steph. Two there snacks. you go. So, um... <laughs> But I get mad when she tries to lose weight. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a keeper. I'm like, what do you mean you're losing weight? Knock <laughs> it off. Perfect. But, um, yeah, it's just been a, uh, it's just been a lot of fun doing all the different things and writing the jokes and the book and traveling and family and looking for for new adventures as we venture out into this new brave world oh, yeah. in 2021. Yeah, I know. It's like I feel like the world's gonna explode in a couple of days. We'll find out. It's fine. <laughs> and look, here it is, the new year already. I know we're here in January as you're showing this. And have you, are, are you getting the shots? Are they, we don't even get our shot until like summertime. I'm higher on the list because of my job. Um, but I also have to be careful because I, I just had cancer. So, oh no. um, so I've been in remission for about six months now, which is amazing. But I'm on medications like for the rest of my life. So... I have to like go and talk with my oncologist before I can even consider the the shot, but I'm like considered high on the list because of my day job is teaching. Right, right. So I'm well, like, I'm glad, you're getting, I'm glad you're getting better. You <laughs> yes. look great. Thank you. And I hope you're on the road to recovery because yeah. uh, 
you know, we need more people like you. And uh, yeah, you gotta stay safe out there, right? But who knows? Life is not promised. I mean, yeah, that's why you just gotta get out there. And if you can make one person laugh a day, you're a lousy comedian. Yeah. So that's that's my slogan. Um, <laughs> but we gotta stay in good health and take care of each other, man, because we are all. I mean, we're in this together, you know. And people are like, oh, it's fake. Thousands and thousands have died, and they're like, mask, schmask. I'm not wearing it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I have like an entire like like there's like I have a bag of masks now I'm at that point right. but yeah. so okay in 30 years of comedy do you have a story of a worst bomb yeah, I'm saying, I've never bombed okay ever ever okay, yeah, right <laughs> uh, there's a few stories you know um I did a show they were so drunk they didn't even know I was there oh my uh, gosh but, <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a crazy church. But anyway, no, but that, that see now that joke actually came out of a real show. It wasn't a church show. They were all drunk. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they had an open bar staff at three o'clock. My sound check was at three. The show was at eight. When I got into the main lounge oh, no. to do my sound check up on stage, the company that hired me, this big company, for all their employees, they had an open bar already. Open bar, they pay for it. Have as much as you want. At three o'clock. Oh no! The place was. Oh, they were getting soft. By the time eight p.m. rolled around, right? Was mm. five six hours later. They're gone. I hardly got any laughs. They would look up from their drink. They just had dinner, more drinks, and they were just. I mean, they were shouting out. And one lady took the mic from my hand. She had a drink in her hand. She told the dirtiest joke I've ever heard. She she, she shoves a drink in my hand. You need to have this. And I mean, so there was that show. Um, one time I did a show and I was doing pretty good, but then I must have gotten dressed in the dark because then when the lights came back on, I had this huge stain. Oh no! I mean, the biggest half of my shirt looked like it had pizza or something on it. Of course, and I was single with my own apartment. I probably got dressed in the dark. You know, you, thank God for <laughs> and, and our girlfriends and our wives who teach us how to dress right, look right, smell right. But I go, oh my gosh. And I hope they were laughing at my jokes and not my shirt. <laughs> um, and then there were just some, like I said, um, oh, I did a long time ago in the city of Long Beach when they had those big cigar and smoking rooms where you could go and smoke. So there must have been about 50 men, maybe 20 women, around 70, 75. The room was maybe a 20 by 20, not very big. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was no stage. The, they're all sitting right in front of me, maybe five, six feet in front of me, rows of people smoking the biggest cigars this long you've ever seen, blowing the smoke. There was a wall of smoke between me and the audience. <laughs> By the time I left and got home, my wife said, oh my gosh, your hair, your clothes, reek of cigar smoke. And that stuff's hard to get out. Yeah, it does not wash out. <laughs> oh, I mean, even my hair reeked up. I mean, the whole place was just... Echo, I mean, and these were the biggest, longest, 12-inch, fattest stogies. Even though and they were all dressed nice, right? Very poo-foo mm -hmm. and men with the ties and the jackets, evening gowns. And they were smoking these huge cigars and just <clears throat> blowing them right right in front, you know. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm this close, you know? Yeah. And so th there's another weird show. But <laughs> you just do all kinds of shows, you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just do it for the money. Yeah. I'm a comedy I'm a comedy hooker. There you go. There's worse things to be hookers for, probably. 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But gotta get my laughs where I can, you know. But yeah, we all have a few stories where the audience just wasn't there. But honestly, for the most part, I've had a great career, a lot of great laughs. I, I write all the time. Mm -hmm. You just gotta be prepared, be professional, write, get on stage, whatever works, keep that. Whatever doesn't, get rid of that. Um, you know, trim the fat. Yeah. Uh, and just just be the best you can be. Find your persona, your personality. What are you? Are you a one-liner magician? Are you a storyteller? Yeah. Are you a ventriloquist? Whatever you do for the laughs, um, you know, really, you got to give it your all, though, if you're going to stand out in a crowd. And so I've been lucky enough to make make this a great 30-year full-time career. And, and if the show goes, I'm very excited. But if not, you know, um, I've always got these great live shows that I absolutely love. In fact, I'm, I uh, just did a, uh, a live one because I know we're here in January now, but I just did a live one on New Year's Eve. So... Um, that was a lot of fun, plus a couple of Zooms uh, yeah. like this one. But um, so we'll see as this year progresses into February, March, April, we'll see where we're at. Yeah. So do you have a show that you look back at as your all-time favorite show that you've done? Or is there a, a, a bunch come to mind? <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch. I mean, I've had so much fun in my career. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've even had some great Zooms where everyone was just cracking up. I've had so many great comedy club gigs. Um, when I was doing the cruise ships, those are always fun. They love it, you know, and um, big, big, huge audiences fill the showroom, you know, 25, 3,500 people. Um, I love those shows. Again, I love the comedy clubs. Like I said, the Intimate, um, the Ice House Comedy Club is one of my all-time favorites uh, in Pasadena. Mine too. So we're, yeah, we're looking <laughs> forward to that coming back. Um I've had so many, and I've opened up for so many big name artists from from Donna Summer to Chubby Checker, Debbie Reynolds, Frankie Avalon, Vincent oh Dunn. Um, all the list goes on and on. Um, the Platters, the Drifters, the Posters, uh, <laughs> big, name, big name comedians. Uh, some of them aren't even uh, around anymore, but um, you know, those, those big theater shows, those are always a blast. I love those. Um, it's a great career, you know, especially when you're full time. I mean, nice hotels the meals are included the airfare of course no one's flying now but i'm just saying it's a you know you, you they, they pay you to make people laugh i mean what's better absolutely so do you have any advice that you could give to a new comic that's just starting out now yes get out of the business <laughs> i don't need the competition <laughs> i mean i'm telling you be a waiter First of all, yes, of course, there's room for all of us. Number one, make sure you have that passion that you absolutely have to do stand-up comedy, whether you get paid or not. You yeah. just go, man, I, I love to make people laugh. I have a gift. I love to write. I love to perform. I've got to get in front of people no matter where it leads. I simply must do that. If you have that passion, you'll make it. Number two, you're only going to last. Um, I posted this on social media a few days ago. You know, your stand-up comedy career is a marathon not a sprint mm -hmm. it's a marathon not a quick little thing i've been doing this for 30 years i'll never retire comedians don't retire as long as they're as long as i'm still funny and people are still willing to pay and bring me out i'll do it but it's a marathon so but you gotta write all the time find something that makes you stand out as an individual whether it's a one-liner or your impressions or your observational you know material 
or some personality that you've, you know, adopted. You know, a lot of the comics, you know, you remember them like Roseanne was the housewife and mm-hmm. Rodney got no respect and Seinfeld talked about nothing. Everybody <laughs> loves Raymond. You say certain things, Tim Allen, you think home improvement. Hopefully for me, it's Scott Wood. Oh, Mr. Punchline, the quick one-liners, the queen, mm-hmm. queen dope, 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 dope. So you gotta kind of find that persona. But even if you don't have it, again, it's just about writing and getting in front of people, you know, um, and, and, and finding out, you know, what your niche is or niche. I'm not sure which is, which is which, but (laughs) and and go for it, you know, go for it. Honestly, don't don't let anyone tell you, no, if this is something you have to do, because people want to get into it quickly for the money or to have a quick sitcom, or maybe this will, will lead me into movies and maybe it will, maybe it won't. I never got into it for that. I got into it because I have to have a mic in my hand stand in front of an audience a bunch of strangers that don't know me and they're laughing at my jokes they're relating with what i have to say and it's that quick response joke laugh joke laugh it's the only it's the only career where you know right away if they love you or they hate you and that's why people are scared of public speaking because you know you're like whoa you're right there you know i I want them to love me but the only way people will love you is you know rodney said it best if they like you if they like you right away, you know, and you seem likable on stage and, and you're getting those laughs, you can say whatever you want and you can just take them wherever you want to go. Mm-hmm. So there's that likability factor too, along with the writing and the constant performing. And um, and if you want to know how to write, you can pick up my book. There you go. The, the Fast and the Funny, <laughs> a shameless plug. It's We live on shameless plugs. I feel like it's necessary. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting on a shameless plug. I feel anyway, that that we went away from clean. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I mean, you've already been doing this for 30 years, but where is a place that you've never performed that you really want to perform? Mm, Steph, good question. Uh, see, I don't know. You know, I've done so many great shows. Um, maybe later on, if if this takes off, if the, if the, if the cooking show takes off, you know, maybe a little bit more television or maybe, you know, Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, maybe one of those shows would be nice. Mm -hmm. Um, or to just, uh, travel more once all this COVID mess is gone. You know, I love to travel and I've been to Greece, Turkey, Israel, Hong Kong, Spain. Um, I've performed, oh gosh, all over. So, um. I, I don't mind the travel. I love it, yeah. and, and I love meeting people, and I love getting on stage for that forty-five minutes to an hour, and making them laugh. But maybe some more, maybe some more television, you know. But again, okay. if not, if not, no worries, because I'm excited just to be a full-time comic. It's all I've ever wanted to be, and so I, I'm living my dream. Mm-hmm. Any extra thing like a commercial or the TV show or some radio spots—that's just a little extra icing on that already fully cooked comedy cake that I love sharing with everybody out there. Absolutely. Well, typically what I usually ask, the last question I ask anybody is what their end game is in comedy. And it feels like you're kind of where you ideally want to be. Just everything at this point is frills. Yeah, I'm right where I want to be. Like I say, it's a full-time career. And I'm so happy just to wake up every day and know that I get to make people laugh for a living. Not everyone can do that. But again, I write all the time and I push myself and I, I still promote myself, my own shows and like like you do as well. You just have to get your stuff out there and say, hey, look at me, I'm different or you should hire me or I'm funny or take a chance on me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the end game was to be a full-time comic 
And my next in game will hopefully be, you know, bringing that stand up comedy, the, the funny interviews and the monologues from the kitchen uh, into people's homes on uh, on something smells funny, which is maybe either Netflix or, or the Food Network or Hulu or whatever. So we're we're excited about this next chapter. Uh, but if not stand up, hey, I'm coming back stage. <laughs> I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. Oh, it's Trump. <laughs> Absolutely tremendous, tremendous, <laughs> terrific. Stephanie, I love what you're doing. I haven't seen Nancy Pelosi since March. <laughs> well, I'm definitely looking forward to Something Smells Funny and being able to see you back on stage again because this has just been way too long. <laughs> well, same with you too. God bless you, Steph, and all that you set your hand to. And I can't wait to share the stage with you again. If you haven't seen Stephanie live, go see her. She's mm -hmm. very funny. She's got this great show. And we've got a lot of great comic friends that, you know, so come on out for the new year. Absolutely. And support, support the comics, support what we're doing. I mean, it's fun to watch comedy on TV, but the live show. And we have fun with the audience. And if you sit up front, beware. But we, it's all <laughs> in good fun. So come out and support, you know, Stephanie and myself and all the great comics that you follow online. Because uh, we need you guys, man. And we look, we make people laugh, Steph. Shouldn't we be essential? Aren't we essential think, workers? Don't don't we need laughter right now? I think we need laughter more than anything else right now. <laughs> yes, that's why my wife makes me get naked. Because oh. it's a gut bust. Okay. There's some there images go. I can't get out of my head now. Oh, I know. <laughs> Mine either. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with me, Scott. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, you too, Steph. Take care. Stay in place. Maintain your space and, and cover your face for crying out loud. Absolutely. All right. Bye, guys. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Scott Wood, a.k.a. Mr. Punchline, a.k.a. King of Clean One-Liners. Can't wait to see when Something Smells Funny comes out, and it's going to be amazing. Food and jokes all about it. I also want to make sure to take this time to say thank you to anybody who's been listening. If this was your first episode or you've listened to all 50, I am eternally grateful for you and being able to do this. Also, next season, I have 25 more amazing episodes coming for you. And I'm super excited to say that majority of the comics are not going to be California-based comics. So getting to learn a little bit more about what comedy looks like outside of the bubble that I am getting to see it in. So I hope you kind of keep following me down this journey and talking to some amazing comics out there. I want to make sure to say thank you to Dave the Prophet for providing the music. His beats are provided by Curtis King. As always, I'm Stephanie Michelle. This has been Finding Funny, and I hope you enjoyed. Told my mama on the phone, it ain't no check to check No more Honda Civics, baby, time to whip that back Lyrics, beats, in the hooks, I'm a triple threat Glow up on my Jesus peace, now I'm living blessed Looney then BYU, you know we down the ride Try to kill me with this mic, suicide Since I got on man, all I hear is fucking lies More money, more problems, fucking certified Doja Cat, throw it back, David blowing back, blowing up on Super Saiyan, but I'm fucking holding back. Never stop until I put my fucking city on the map. 3 a.m. on Ocean Air, put the pedal to the max. Remember.
in our third wave of purple. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It looks like it's threw up on the map. 